Hello everyone and welcome to uh, a brand new episode of a brand new podcast series from Product Coalition. My name's Jay Stansel and um, really excited to get a brand new podcast series underway. Uh, this series is all going to be based uh, around Melbourne product people and uh, I'm, I'm really glad to to get this going. Um, just firstly want to give a big shout out to the location sponsor where we are today. Um, we're at Proud Mary Coffee. Um, Proud Mary is a speciality coffee roaster, cafe, coffee educator and retailer based in Melbourne, uh, Australia and also Portland, Oregon in the USA. Uh, I'm personally fortunate to be part of the, the, the Proud Mary story and to help these guys out. So a big thanks to all of the Proud Mary coffee team here in Melbourne and over in Portland. To find out any more about Proud Mary um, in Australia, visit proudmarycoffee.com.au or if you're over in the US, proudmary.com coffee.com but I personally recommend getting down to both of the cafes in Portland and Melbourne to to really experience what Proud Mary is all about and my top tip is go for the potato hash. Um, so uh, I want to introduce Keith Young to, to everyone. Um, welcome Keith, thanks for kicking off this series. Thanks Jay, it's, uh, it's super exciting to be here. I'm looking forward to, to chatting to you today about we're going to talk about a, a product mindset when you're not a product manager. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. But before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about your journey um, through career, life? Sure. So, look, from a career standpoint, uh, I started out in software development. So that was really my my bag. Uh, did that for many years as a consultant. Uh, then I started managing teams and went through that sort of, you know, management, you know, senior management kind of uh, pathway. Uh, then I ended up at uh, IAG, uh, where we worked together, where we met. Indeed. And uh, I was doing lots of process stuff and then moved into a really interesting role, which is, is probably the sort of the start of my product journey. Uh, it was very much around uh, the guild team that we were working in. So it's focused on social learning, but we took a very very hypothesis-driven and experimental approach to actually how we would roll out capability uplift across, you know, a thousand people. Uh, so that's really uh, where I am. And, and so I um, moved on from IAG six months ago and now I'm effectively a product owner for a, a capability uplift offering at my in my new gig at my new organisation, which is a consulting organisation as well. Fantastic, mm. fantastic. I've loved it when someone's been on the tools um, <laughs> and worked all the way through through into capability. Um, so before we jump into a product mindset, um, it is a Melbourne-based series, so let's smash out your, your Melbourne knowledge. Sure. Um, favourite tea or coffee joint? Favourite tea. So my favourite coffee place, uh, we've just moved buildings down into Docklands and I found a shop that uh, the first day that we moved into our new digs in uh, in Docklands, there was a new coffee shop opening called Upstanding Citizens, and they are amazing. So really, really great coffee, uh, really, really nice people, and uh, yeah, they have a, an Instagram account at Upstanding Citizens underscore Melbourne. Go and have a look. They have cool. great, yeah, tea, coffee, and amazing snacks. Nice, amazing, nice. amazing coffee is important for <laughs> living and working in Melbourne. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Melbourne loves its coffee. Um, similarly, favourite lunch venue in the CBD. To be honest, uh, it's all about dumplings. 
Melbourne. Nice. Yeah. So our team is uh, we're all massive, massive dumplings fans. So cool. any opportunity we can get to go and uh, smash plates of dumplings, that's that's what we do. So we're actually running a tally for the organisation <laughs> at the moment. So we're, we're counting the number of dumplings. We've got a target for the uh, <laughs> metrics matter. Yeah, uh, we've got to measure. Got to measure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, your best tram route. Best tram route. Uh, so I grew up on the seventy two line. Nice. Uh, which is nice. It, it uh, takes a, a really winding journey from sort of Camberwell uh, through Glen Iris, which is where I grew up, and then all the way through um, down past Chapel Street and Commercial Road and then up St Kilda Road, up past the Art Centre and stuff. So that's that's probably my favourite. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, favourite meet-up in Melbourne or conference? Uh, I don't know how... how uh, yeah, I'm not sure if this is appropriate, but I run a, a meet-up yeah. group. <laughs> yeah, no, please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I run the Melbourne Agile Delivery Managers of course, Group, yeah. or MAD Managers, as we call ourselves. And it's essentially for people who do, uh, who are delivery managers in uh, software delivery teams in Melbourne. And we basically get together and, and have a chat about all the things that are specific to the delivery manager and that role. Uh, that's very much my background and, and very much where I feel comfortable. Nice. Uh, and it, it's very much social, although we started really focusing on having focusing questions, so not necessarily serious presentations, although we've had a few of them, uh, but it's mostly about just discussion, right? Um, have a focusing question and people can come in and think about when they've tackled specific challenges and then share with the group, right? It, and that feeds back into that sort of social learning guilds kind of mentality and role that I had previously as well. Awesome. What was the name of the group again? Sorry, Kim. The Melbourne Agile Delivery Managers. And on meetup.com? It is, yeah. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Cool. All right, you've passed your Melbourne test. <laughs> um, yes. Okay, so so w- today we wanted to have a chat together about um, product mindset when you're not technically as a job description or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. a product manager. Um, so you mentioned earlier that in your new job you are a product owner um, and you, you're bringing day-to-day that that product mindset. Could you tell us a bit more about the product and the journey you've been on so far? Sure. So when I started the conversation, so this is a company that I joined. It was a sort of a 40-person startup and uh, they were their core mission was around uh, DevOps and consulting in the DevOps space. So essentially they would meet with, uh, they would work with organisations where they didn't have any cloud capability and they would we would come in roll something out and then um, hand it over nominally and then uh, and then we'd go off to the next consulting gig. So what became really apparent and really clear was that um, over time as we started going back into those companies, we'd noticed that they actually hadn't really taken on and utilised the capability that we'd implemented for them. So we'd build these platforms and make it really easy for them to spin up new infrastructure and, and they could know spin up and try stuff but they never really took it on and never really did it so what really then became clear is there was a need to actually off the back end of a consulting engagement where we deliver some new infrastructure was actually some education and capability uplift and changing the mindset of the people who were there Um, the the biggest difficulty with implementing new things is actually having the incumbent people actually take that on and own it themselves right um humans naturally will sort of protect the knowledge that they have and they will fight and resist any change because 
change means they're out of their comfort zone, they're in a new space, they may not have the experience and knowledge that they've built up over years and years and years, and to them that's their value to the organisation. So they see it as a threat. Uh, this is the, the idea of the product that I'm working with is, is about making sure that they're comfortable and knowledgeable and can actually use and operate and, and utilise the, the new kit that we've put in for them. So okay. it's, it's kind of really interesting. Yeah, mm. and what, what's interesting for me is you're using a pro product mindset, it sounds like, to, to break down barriers for humans, um, overcoming fears um, or change, um, yep. and for, for, from an organisational perspective to get a, a more significant ROI on uh, what I imagine is an already significant investment. Yeah, it, I mean, it's absolutely... Um, and look, it's the nature of consulting, right? You're always looking for how you can do more work with that client. And if you can make sure that they love what you've delivered, then it's absolutely um, a benefit to us, but it's a benefit to the people who are actually there working who may, you know, if you think about the, the people that we're sort of um, disrupting effectively, these are tend to be people who've been with the organisation for a long time. They're used to running like infrastructure, physical infrastructure, data centres, all of those sorts of things. Uh, and they've got long-lived long knowledge um, right. about how everything works. And so it's really, you know, the, the cultural change, you need to bring them on the journey. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, can, can you talk a, a little bit about the, the techniques, that the plays that you've had to work through to really understand the problem significantly and how you've then sort of work through that, that product, multiple solution, experimentation, hypothesis-driven approach that yep. you mentioned earlier. Um, wh what does some of that look like? Yeah, so uh, so when I came in, uh, someone had already kind of built out, um, uh, they talked, uh, there, was a, there was a model that they used for experimentation um, and they'd got, got sort of, you know, five steps through the 27-step process. Um, I, I looked at that and I went, okay, that's interesting. Um, certainly for my background and, and the understanding of where the knowledge in the organisation was at, at where they're on with that product. Um, but really I took it back to uh, let's, let's think about, okay, how I would actually launch a product. And uh, I was just mucking around with uh, Confluence, actually, um, which is one of the big tools that everybody uses. And uh, they've got a, like a product launch template Right. Now, which is a new template in the, the um, Confluence because this is not an ad for Atlassian <laughs> by any means. But I just thought it was really cool, yeah. right? And so what it had was all of the all of the classic stuff that you would want um, if you were sort of defining a product launch, right? So um, it talked about, um, you know, what's your unique value proposition? What's your uh, elevator pitch? Uh, who are your customers? What are the personas that you're imp impacting? Um, you know, do you, you know, how do you know that the customer wants it? all of these kind of things that you need to think about as a product person, um, all built out there in a template. Right. And uh, so effectively I started basically just filling that out, going through and, uh, and then iterating that with my manager and working through, okay, how can we make sure that we sell that to the rest of the organisation uh, in a way that makes sense? Um, and obviously there's a commercial lens to it as well. So there, there was a heavy focus on the, okay, how, like not just, you know, what's the theoretical product, mm -hmm. but actually commercially, what does it look like, right? How many people do you need? How, what do they do? What are the phases? 
um, you know, what things depend on other things, what are the inputs and outputs. Um, it was quite, quite low level and quite detailed. Um, so I, I did quite a lot of that work, um, got the endorsement from my manager and, and essentially what he said was, okay, now we need to step back and use um, Link Canvas. Right, okay. Yeah. So, so that's pretty much where I'm at at the moment is right. building out Link Canvas right. um, so that we can sell it internally and then um, promote it through all of the partner, all of the um, internal partners and then they'll be aware that it's a product that we offer. Um, okay. So between when I started in that 50-person uh, startup and now we've been, we've merged with a 300-person organisation so it's kind of where sort of next level up scale, right? Um, which is is why I'm sort of having to do that lean canvas. Go back now and go. Okay, let's let's build out the lean canvas, and so that all of the the management of the new organisation can see what what the value is in this product offering. Right. Can I ask? You talked about filling in um, the Confluence blueprint or, mm. or a lean canvas. C- coming back to you starting in Confluence and filling in a blueprint or a template is can either be very easy or very hard, depending on what quality standard you set yourself. Yep. How did you establish quality or validate what you was putting into that, that Confluence template in that instance? Yeah, so I a lot of it was to do with discussion with people. Okay. So I knew that we'd had some quite a bit of interest, and so I was pretty continuously bouncing it off our account management people. So they're the people who are sort of on the ground and talking to the customers about where their challenges are and what the next things are and all of that sort of stuff. And and really what was coming through pretty consistently was that they're all looking for something off the back of, hey, you've delivered us this innovation platform, but actually, and that's awesome, we, we love it. We love that we can now go out and tell people and, and we use it as a recruiting tool because we're, you know, we are cloud enabled and we can hire the best and brightest because right. we're not just stuck on our old infrastructure stuff. But really it's about um, changing the culture in the organisation to actually use it. Right, right okay. Yeah. All right, well that, that's, that's a really interesting different conversation then, like how technology and tooling um, impacts culture. Could, could you talk us a little bit more around what you're seeing and feeling of that, what that means to clients on, on, a, on a day-to-day. You mentioned recruiting, for instance. How yeah. does that change the conversation? Yeah, so uh, certainly when you're looking for people in market and they, they certainly look at the skills that you're, look, as a recruiter, rec- as an organisation who's recruiting, um, people definitely look at the skills that you're um, trying to recruit for because that tells them what the organisation does and how it works and um, gives a real insight uh, at that tool level into what the day-to-day work that you're going to be doing is. Uh, I think it's made a, a huge difference to a, um, quite a number of the organisations that we worked with where they can basically, they'll be putting on, you know, your, your Googles and your AWSs, they'll be saying we're absolutely cloud enabled and so it changes the funnel of people who, who would even throw their hat in the ring and apply for those styles of roles. Uh, so that definitely, definitely makes a difference. I think from a day-to-day perspective, it also changes the way you onboard and, and you have people, you know, coming into the organisation. And that's really where um, the product that I'm working on um, is a key differentiator. So 
the idea is that we would build so we as an organization resell a product called cloud academy and that you know anyone can go to cloud academy and sign up and you can get access to a whole bunch of um, all of the clouds have you know um, quizzes and uh, lectures and videos and and labs and those sorts of things cloud academy is quite quite good in that respect um the unique selling point really is that we would take that base level of knowledge and actually build specific modules that are tied to right. how it's implemented in your environment. So it becomes uh, something that you can use not only to uh, educate the people who are working there, but actually then when people, new people start and you're hiring because you've got these new clouds, you're hiring for these new technologies, then... You may have the people who have already got the certifications and the knowledge in those platforms, but but then they can just go, okay, well, this is how we do it here. Yep. And okay, yeah. So, so that's the differentiation between um, your proposition and a, a AWS or Azure or Google Cloud certification, which is very generic, very broad. You're taking something and giving it almost a curation service totally. that's yep. specific to that organisation's needs and the people therefore within that organization yep. the other the other key differentiator uh, and this is really um, a big focus when we actually go out and talk to clients and that is that um, like you we've seen we've seen things like guilds at nab right so they started up a, an aws guild nab bank for anyone listening oh, is sorry. is a big four bank yeah. uh, in australia national australia bank yep um and i think yeah, anyone who's been around technology for a while in Melbourne has probably worked there or been through there. I've been there a couple of times. They they started up a guild around AWS because they were going to AWS as their first cloud, and they've, I think they've, trained more people than AWS right. on AWS stuff. So like literally a couple of thousand people. Right. But what that does is it benefits the individual, doesn't necessarily benefit the organisation. So certifications really become then about the individual and what mm. they have, um, but it actually doesn't talk about how you can competently operate that infrastructure in your organisation. So we set up this kind of dichotomy about you know certifications versus competence. And right. so we're really driving this competency thing, which is how can you make sure that the people you have working for you can operate the stuff that you've got in your organisation. Right. Yeah. Okay. When I think about... Um my own personal journey on up, up, you know, upgrading, uplifting some of my skills. Um, when I think about competence, it's easy to sit there on a computer and run for a two-hour thing, learning something. Mm. Um, I imagine the impact, though, is then the implementation of that competence on a day-to-day -day level. Can, can you tell us a bit about how do you measure that? Yeah, so this is, this is a really difficult thing, right? It's, it, it's actually quite easy to measure... Uh, it's quite easy to measure certifications, right? Yeah. Because you go through it and you do it and you either pass the test or you don't pass the test, right? And you get a tick and then, um, you know, some exec at, at the cloud company goes, oh, yeah, okay, we've got X hundred, X thousand people who are certified. Yep. Um, competency is very much a different thing. So, so it's really about building, and this is part of the, the way that we implement the product okay. uh, at the clients is actually we... We basically run workshops with them and try and understand uh, where their people are at and then build learning pathways that are tailored to the people who we're working with and training. So they may take the form of, you know, online labs or quizzes. Um, you know, anyone, like you said, anyone can watch a video and mm. that's cool. 
Um, but actually, the, the labs and quizzes actually test the knowledge. Uh, and then, then basically you can set up uh, experienced people to pair with existing people and they can verify the okay. competency as well. Nice. So it's, it's sort of you get this sort of peer review thing happening um, and then you've got shared knowledge and, you know, if someone's new coming in, they can bring their new knowledge in as well and start to build that sort of, you know, guilds-esque yep. community-based learning uh, style thing based off the the basic understanding of the, the information that we've delivered through the Academy product. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, I can appreciate the complexities when you get onto the human side, as you say. Earning a certificate is possibly a vanity metric. Implementing the knowledge from that is, yeah. is more meaningful. Uh, it totally is. And, and I think um, what we probably haven't done yet is talked to customers about um, what's the what's the the longer term metric right how you know is it something like and you know I'm sort of spitballing here but maybe it's you know how many new um, how many new things have been implemented in this platform that we've built right um, you know how many were you expecting how many have you done right. and then, then it actually becomes how are you utilising this? Because it's really about return on investment, right? Yep. They've invested in building out this new infrastructure. If they're not using it, then it's wasted. It's wasted. There's no yep. return on the investment. It's wasted uh, investment. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's probably where I think it's going to head. Right. In terms of how we would measure the effectiveness of the actual um, delivery of this capability uplifting right. competency. Yeah. Okay, let's switch it out. Let's talk about your development. <laughs> so... Uh, I know you, you're, you're big into to, um, the industry and um, reading, watching videos, studying, mm. etc. Yep. Uh, since I've known you. Um, <laughs> yep. uh, who, who are you enjoying reading at the moment? Yeah, so it's probably one person who I'm really, really enjoying reading from a product perspective, and that's uh, Melissa Perry. Right. So I saw her speak at Agile Australia probably three years ago, I think, from memory. Um, and she talked about a thing called the build trap. And it's a really, really interesting concept. So basically what she's saying is as a product owner or product manager, you're sort of incented to build out a roadmap of stuff. And, you know, often as a product manager, the more stuff you have in the backlog, the better, right? More is better. That's what we always say. Um, but actually what then you can get trapped into is actually just building for the sake of building. And you go, okay, well, I know that, you know, I have this product and I need to build out all of these different modules. Um, but actually what you need to do is is measure and, met it, you know, it comes back to metrics and measurement and effectiveness. Um, and, it, and it really aligns nicely with the concept of um, outcomes versus outputs, right? Yep. So, you know, my, I'm a, I, you know, in my day consulting job, I'm often doing agile coaching and everyone's like, oh, how many points are we getting through? How many points? And it's like, that's that's a measure. Mm -hmm. But actually, you can do thousands of points of work that doesn't actually contribute anything to a product. It's it's kind of wasted time. Yep. So actually, let's look at the outcomes, um, which actually is the next level thinking, right? Like anyone can, you know, you get a story, you point it up, you put it in a sprint, you, you burn it down. That's that's pretty easy mechanically, but actually thinking about right, we're going to implement this new function. What's what's actually the key thing that that delivers, right? Um, how would you measure the effectiveness of that 
piece of thing? Is it is it you know increased revenue? Is it reduced churn? Is it w- what actual true business metric does it tie to, and does it support? And how can we link those two things and measure that? Yep. And her focus is very much on that, right? So nice. focus on the stuff that has value. Um, don't just get stuck into this. Well, we've got this stuff Burning to points. build. Yeah, yeah, and we just build and build and build and build and build. Yeah, yeah. If I think back to the original idea for stories from came back in extreme programming it was to tell a story i wonder if it's this is a conversation for another day when when people put points on story they took away some of the the purpose of it by making it a thing you need to burn through and get done as opposed to change the world through through software development yeah yeah it's definitely a a chat for another time yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) fantastic um who else do you look up to um so there's uh, there's a whole lot of people sort of in that in that sphere. Um, there's another guy who uh, I worked with at um, who came out to Australia uh, called Jeff Gothelf, right? Uh, and he's written a number of books on. He's very much about uh, user experience. So he's written a, a book called I think Sense and Respond. So it's very much on that sort of user experience side of software development. Um, but yeah, he came out to Australia. And uh, we had him out at NAB for a day to run a whole day workshop. And uh, it was really, really interesting. So that was probably my first real um, experience of sort of service design and user experience and, and how that all ties into the software delivery and yep. software development processes. Um, so he's a really, really interesting person and he's very active on, um, he's very active on Twitter. Um, so both he and Melissa I follow... Um, religiously on Twitter and uh, he actually does um, uh, he does uh, scrum certification for product owners right. okay and so he's he's often around the world doing stuff uh, on that and teaching people actually the mechanics of how to do it so yeah he's a really really interesting guy cool mm. thank you for sharing so much no worries. this has been good fun um, thanks for today Thanks for sharing so much. We flew through that 25 minutes awesomely. It has gone. Had fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. Good, good. Um, Thank you, everyone, um, for for listening and if you're on YouTube for for watching. Um, It's been good fun to get the series, podcast series, back up and running. Um, Loving giving it a Melbourne angle to to get it started. Um, Thanks to Keith Young. Uh, again for today's show thanks to proud mary for um hosting us um to do the recording at and um, look forward to sharing some more product stories all with you again soon thank you